And with that, welcome to another edition of Team Turnbuckle, IB Sports Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, I'm Keith Fleming, uh, R-Truth, Ron L. Tinsley, my co-host is with me. Ron L., how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Keith. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is a very special WrestleMania 36 recap podcast, and for that, uh, we got one more special guest. No chance, that's what you got. What a guest, the machine too strong. Pretty politicians by a soul for run long. Up in. Walk by their place to line. But I have taken a wrestle finger now. Boy, it's just a matter of time. That theme Hello, music can gentlemen. only be the boss man, R.C. Carton. R.C., how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm fired up about uh, WrestleMania. I've been seeing a lot of stuff and a lot of internet reactions. So I thought I wasn't. I wasn't. I haven't been feeling well this week, but the WrestleMania reaction kind of got my uh, righteous indignation going enough to to motivate me, pull me out of bed a little bit. <laughs> Well, we, we needed something. <laughs> you better be ready. <laughs> we definitely needed something, and and I know some people loved WrestleMania more than others. I think everyone could agree that it was nice to have something that we could watch that was semi-live and get people excited and talking and kind of their minds off of I don't. everything I don't else going that. on. No, I don't. I just don't. No. I'm just joking. I, I agree with that. You're starting it right away? I agree with that. Yeah. It, was it was good to have content. I'm, I just messed it with you. He says, I ain't going to let you get through your intro, bro. That's how much I'm feeling. I thought about arguing it. Uh, I thought about I still do have some philosophical. I, we won't even touch that yet, but I do still have some philosophical. Just because it went off well doesn't necessarily mean, because in, in their minds, that means they vindicated it, that, yeah, we should have done it. I don't necessarily mean, think that just because the result was good doesn't necessarily mean you should have done something, but that's, that's not even where I want to go. All righty. So instead of going through <laughs> match by match, which there was several matches, that, to be honest, there, there's no point in discussing, I just figured we would go over some highlights, low points on the uh, WrestleMania pay-per-view Obviously, if either one of you guys agree, disagree, jump in, or if there's any you want to add, uh, I'm fine with it. But I, I didn't. I was thinking about how to start this. Let's just go ahead and get the two biggest ones out of the way right off the bat. I have in my highlight list both the Bray and Cena match and the Boneyard match from Saturday night, both for different reasons. They both were obviously very produced. Uh, the Taker match was more traditional, uh, at least traditional adjacent wrestling 
to where the Cena Wyatt was basically a promo or vengeance that uh, they're they're calling a match. Uh, let's start with uh, RC because I know that uh, this is kind of one of the main reasons you wanted to get on here. What did you think about those two matches? And just take it from there. I'm not going to kill the the uh, Bray Cena match at. Well, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to kill the Cena Bray segment as much as I am um, some other things that actually were that bothered me more. But I will say, with the Boneyard match, wrestling back about 30 years, that shit is why I'm embarrassed to tell people I watch wrestling. If a non-wrestling fan watched that, that would be horrible. Anytime the WWE tries to do – it reminded me when – I hope there are not a lot of church people here – but it reminded me I grew up in church my whole entire life, right? And so there will always be a church version of MC Hammer or a church version of the rap or a church version of this. And it was always goofy and lesser. Wrestling does that too. It's like, oh, we're going to do our horror movie. Oh, we're going to do our acting. We're going to do our comedy. And it's always a goofy, knockoff, cheesy ripoff of the real thing. If I wanted to watch what they were trying to do with that fucking Boneyard match, I would actually go to a movie theater or, now that I can't go to a movie I would rent it. That, that is just horrible. I can't, I can't speak to how horrible and goofy that was, but granted, in some way I couldn't look away how bad it was, but I, that, that's an F for me. I, I cannot think of anything worse for the wrestling business, anything worse I've seen since a fucking gobbledygooker. Or, I, I mean, I, I, don't really, I don't even know what to say. That's the worst fucking thing I've seen since the gobbledygooker or, or the, uh, the taskmaster. That's how bad I thought that was. Bruno, what'd you think of the Taker match? And then we'll get into the very Sane one. <laughs> oh man, that was quite entertaining. Personally, I absolutely loved it. Um, I uh, got to get a little bit of the cinematic wrestling uh, at the tail in TNA, and the fact that they did not give him this kind of leeway to produce something like this is—it's almost criminal. Personally, I absolutely loved it. It wasn't more. It wasn't supposed to be a traditional wrestling match. You know, we're not bound by a ring. We're bound by the scene. So we got the little bit of wrestling. Whereas most of the story was actually verbally told. So no, most non-wrestling fans couldn't just waltz in and watch this and be like, oh yeah, and understand everything that's going on, especially no, if they didn't understand, understand the story leading. You just like criticism. I was fine. I didn't say understand, appreciate it, and not look at it as a fucking joke. That wasn't over somebody's head. It was bad, poorly acted, and goofy. That's the problem. That it's a. Are you saying that's the level of a horror movie? Because that's what they were trying to do. Was that production on that level? <laughs> It wasn't more supposed to be of a horror movie. See, and maybe it's because I have the eyes of somebody who's been watching wrestling off and on for decades, so I can appreciate. Hey, so how old do you think I am, right now? Right now? Right now? How, how long you been watching wrestling off and on for decades? For decades, uh, let's see, right around eighty-five was when I first started. Not, Actually, I'm, I'm forty-one right, no, no. right now. I've been watching world-class championship wrestling right now. Don't give me lectures about off and on for dude. decades. No, 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 not off and on. I've watched wrestling probably every day of my life since I was five years old. 
Don't get me off and on for decades. We can have a different opinion without you trying to lecture about your knowledge of the business. Go ahead. Well, listen to from from my from my point of view, RC, Your Majesty, pardon me. Excuse <laughs> no, me that I that. had to watch every single word out of out of my mouth. No, 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 but, no, no, no. That's what you said. You said I have the. You, but you, you're you doing the. You're doing I, the. I didn't. No, I did not say that. You're you the one who. You're the one who brought it. Someone. You. You no, said no, no. I had the perspective of someone who watched wrestling for decades. That means others do not. I do, sir. I'm just the same age as you, been watching just as long as you. So you're the one who's coming in like the king, not me. I'm not belittling. I'm not saying someone's opinion is wrong. I'm saying this is what my opinion is. Walk in and you walk. went and corrected I what I had to say. I agree with that point. I agree with that. I you agree with that point. But, but that wasn't for them. You attacked that my wasn't point. For them. The first thing out, you, you, corrected my, you tried to counter my point. Is what, so you started that, sir. You started that, and then you say you have the perspective of that about your opinion. If you're going to be that, that's fine, but stay about what you say. All right. All right, boys. Well, let's say about what I said. Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> no, go ahead, Ron. No, no, I, I, I finished my point. At least when it when it comes to the boneyard match, I, I personally I personally really enjoy it, and I think they told a, told a fantastic story. I was not as high on the actual match for the Boneyard. I, I actually put, like, in, in the column that I put together prepping for the notes, that I appreciated that they took a chance. Now, I didn't personally love it, but I was shocked that when I went to Twitter and friends that I have that enjoy wrestling, they loved it. I mean, they really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so, I think WWE deserves credit because we talked about this going into, uh, you know, the preview podcast that this was a WrestleMania where WWE, they could either play it safe or they could take chances. And they took chances. You have to give them credit for that. I thought, and and we'll get into those matches in a minute. There were several matches on the card that were totally different than what you're used to seeing. And I give them credit for doing that. that. How big of a chance was it? How big of a like, chance they, was it? They've done a match like it's... the Boneyard match before. They've done stuff with Bray Wyatt produ- and Randy Orton. But not produced that way. You can't say that they've done a match like the Boneyard where basically they didn't even try to make it look like a wrestling match. They try, as, as your point, you they the tried Bray to Wyatt make it look like stuff? almost a movie or a skit. I'm sorry? Did you think the Bray Wyatt compound stuff looked like wrestling matches? And then they had, who else? The, the New set? Day went and had a whole match there. The New Day went and had a whole match with Bray Wyatt compound matches just a fight. I mean, they've done some very, You can't tell me that the production, the production value was totally different, though. I mean, but you, this actually what I, looks you said like they haven't done anything like it. You said they haven't done anything like it. They, I mean, they've from done a, many from things like it. From a production standpoint, from a production standpoint. standpoint. So they you think that was taking a big risk that they just – they upped it because it was WrestleMania, which you would hope you would up something from WrestleMania to Raw. I don't see it as a big risk. I just disagree. I think it's very similar to what they've done many times and, and many times with The Undertaker, the kind of shit they just they did with that. It's all just versions of They have they never got this Undertaker. kind of reaction like that. So you can't say it's anything like it before because when that match happened, now, what, what, get what, any of the attention that, that this Before Twitter? Before Twitter? What, what's the reaction they got from Twitter? Twitter, you don't realize Twitter's not most of the world, the wrestling world, right? Twitter's I know a very small section of the world. world. But I, if you talk, did, if you did talk your reaction to people, that you're talking about, 
are you are you thinking this is the all time botched WrestleMania? So I guarantee you it's not. Am so I thinking it's the, the, the all time botched WrestleMania? Uh, no, do you think it's an all-time box office-type WrestleMania? You think this is one of the most all-time watched WrestleManias? I did not say that. You, you said based on the reaction. So there have been other reactions to Undertaker matches that were much bigger than that this match. Like, I'm just trying to figure out why you think it's so distinctive, and you went to the reaction of the 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 event. Well, Undertaker's had better reactions to, to, to WrestleMania matches than that, even on Twitter. So I, I I just don't see just because they put more money into what, what it that made it so on different. What Twitter is he had a better reaction to that? Every match was you know there was Twitter with Triple H and tri- <laughs> Twitter with Shawn Michaels. That Twitter existed. A lot of people didn't like the Triple H and Shawn Michaels match. Who? Where? Those are the most most recognized as the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, I mean, I obviously they're always going to do this. I completely like disagree like with that. What? I know that's why that's one of the greatest matches of all time. That's why those matches suck that you pick. Keep going. We didn't have Triple H or Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker on I know. Your lists were trash. I mean, they were really bad. Yeah. Because we didn't have steel chairs on there? If you don't have Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker in your top matches, I don't respect your list. We did but have Shawn Michaels story. versus Undertaker. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker was on there. Undertaker, Triple H. I said that. They, they were. Actually, both said, of them were said, on there. If you don't. You said what? If you I'm don't. I didn't, I didn't remember You're the whole list. I couldn't finish listening to it. But in general, if you don't have that match on there, I don't respect the wrestling opinion about matches. I, I, I just don't. If y'all did, bravo. But if you don't, I can't go with you. But go ahead. I don't want to no. do the whole thing. Okay. Well, we did, and RC, I don't know why you're attacking mode. You were just you were just saying you didn't have something on there. We didn't have Triple H, Triple Shawn H versus Michaels, Shawn and Michaels. Undertaker and Hell in a Cell, which you brought up, which I said was not that no, great of a no, match. No, I'm saying no, 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 no. I'm referring to that group of matches, the two matches with Shawn Michaels, the two matches that with was the before That's Twitter. What I'm not that's not before Twitter. That's that my whole point. Twitter. It's not. They were it's before not. Twitter. It's not. It's not. not. The first thing I said was, it ha- Twitter exists. Exactly. Twitter's that Twitter's not new. That match was in 2008. What match? The Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. It was 2008. It was not. All right. All right. We're going <laughs> to stop. Right, uh, hopefully, we can actually talk <laughs> wrestling. But, so... <laughs> We'll move on to the Undertaker match. All right, the Brace Cena match. Ron, I'll start with you. What did you think about it? I had to watch that a couple of times. Um, the stories, the pokes in it, the the way they put it all together, as in like a, a this is your life kind of deal. Um, there are so many small nuances that they put together in this vignette. Now, mind you, um, again, not knowing the style of quote-unquote match this was going to be. Um, I just took it for, for what they gave, and I think they put together um, probably one of the greatest non-match matches that uh, – it, it's definitely one, one of the best 
as RCIM is, go, uh, is going to say, segment, because I did hear you say that. That was one of the best segments I've ever seen. And John Cena went and took everything that was given to him and put through in that. That was so well put together. I, I honestly could not believe my mind was really blowing watching the way that they put all of that together. RC, I know that, and I no, you loved it. using hyperbole said it. I did. No, no, I, I, was, I was about to say that I said that it was the greatest tape segment I thought they'd ever done, where I'm talking about it was not a match, not a storyline, but actually a, a specific segment that they had taped. You said I overrated, which is, you know, fair, considering I said it was the greatest ever. What was your biggest issues with it? No, what you, did you like I'm going to take a break it. on this one because this one doesn't this this one doesn't bother me as much. But Shawn Michaels versus uh, Undertaker WrestleMania 26, March 28, 2010. Twitter was invented in 2006. Because I remember the Twitter. How many people were on Twitter in 2010 I, compared to 2020 though? But, but it was wrestling fans. Fans always found a voice. To do it, Twitter is a big deal. Just because you weren't on it doesn't mean it was a big deal. Twitter, the internet wrestling community always finds where it wants to be, where it can get its voice out. Whether it was RC, the let's be honest. If I wasn't on Twitter, board, it was not a big deal. That, yeah, that, that's what that's what you're saying. Yes. So yes, these, these Twitter always <laughs> had its opinions. Twitter was big in sports. Twitter was big. Twitter grew. More people are in the world. That's life. But it, these things aren't like I'm saying. These are not. These are not new concepts. My biggest problem with the match, which I, I struggle to call it a match, it was very creative. It gave a lot of fan service. It reminds me of a start, the last Star Wars movies. It gave a lot of fan service to a certain type of fans, and they were very happy with it. Was it creative? Yeah. Was it brilliant? Yeah. Was it wrestling? No. It, it, it was a funhouse mirror of John Cena's wrestling career, and it can be smart, and I can appreciate it, and I can also say, that's not a wrestling match, and that shouldn't have been promoted for something at WrestleMania. That's like uh, a couple weeks on SmackDown. So, I, would, I just, would it I, change? Would it change your opinion if that scene is like retirement and we never see him again? That would make it worse for me that his retirement would go out as like a gimmick show, fake, staged, uh, otherworldly power kind of thing that has nothing to do with really wrestling itself. I mean, the things they were making him do, that, that works better is something like inside of a, I mean, that was basically Spider-Man versus Mysterio at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. That's kind of what that was. And that's cool, but that's not what wrestling is. So, like, if this is wrestling and where it's going, I'm not going to keep watching it, to be honest with you. Like, I'm that vehemently against if this is something they're going to consistently do on pay-per-view shows as a resolution of feuds, I, I, this is not why I would have been a wrestling fan. This is not this overproduced theatrical thing that at a lower level where I could find it better is not what I love wrestling for. And that's just a preference thing, but that, well, that, that's not wrestling to me. No, yeah. And, and again, segments are, are fine and, or whatever, but don't tell me that's a match because that's not a match. Cut never had fair rules or guidelines, or even the universe within itself of what Cena was allowed to do and not do as far as contact was involved, he, he never could touch him. Like, that's not, that's not wrestling. That's not a match. 
Even within a wrestling world, we know it's fixed, it's fixed. Right. Ronald, do you think it's, this is something that they could potentially use, whether it be pay-per-views on SmackDown, I mean, just on social media, a way to prevent Bray's character from getting stale? Because I know that some people have had issues with, it's difficult with The Fiend, because he's this unstoppable you know, force that uh, maybe has otherworldly powers, what way can they use that character without it becoming stale and things like the red light that annoyed a lot of people? Do you think this is sort of an avenue where they can do segments and stuff with him that is not actually in the ring and still build his character? I I think it's something that they could use, but they're going to have to be very careful um, definitely don't want to uh, overuse this. And, you know, to RC's point, I could agree um, with at least with the Cena angle or, or ending a feud angle. I, I definitely wouldn't want this to become the new norm. Personally, I, I prefer it be the, the old school, you know, steel cage, hell in a cell type deals where that's the feud ender. But, um, yeah, they can continue to use that type of segment. Um, maybe even if they were to, say, uh, use Bray's uh, social media to kind of uh, go a little more onto, you know, a back house, a, a backstory of the fun house and so on and so forth. And also continue to use Bray in the ring as his Mr. Rogers type character as well. They're going to need to do that as well to kind of stretch this out. So and now it, this it is, is just coming. Go ahead. Go ahead, RC. No, go ahead. Uh, so, so I'm the biggest Bray, Bray Wyatt fan that there is. I love the way he thinks. I love since he came with this character. I just think it's revolutionary, and I think he has the potential to be the next Undertaker. And I don't necessarily like seeing character. But looking at this, what? how is this helped? How does this help and push Bray Wyatt further? So when you beat someone like a John Cena at, Res- at WrestleMania, you get the rub. So you get the privilege and all of John Cena's career, you get the rub of that and defeating that in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, hands raised in front of the crowd. That whole thing was really just about John Cena and his career and the end, the scene beat him. More of the focus after that match is on John Cena, then the Fiend, and not winning in the traditional format, I don't see what the character gets from that, beating him in a playtime match. I mean, what I can say, I think it is, is just it's the, you know, the Fiend slash Bray Wyatt who brought him in the, you know, the Firefly Funhouse, and, and it's sort of a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's sort of what The Undertaker used to do where – you know, he has, like, otherworldly powers. And basically, he made Cena have a, you know, a mental breakdown of sorts, looking within and facing his own insecurities. I agree with you that if you're somebody who is not a, basically, a Mark Wrestling fan, how are you supposed to understand that from what you just saw? I don't know if this was something that they were doing as a treat more to the fans or if it was something more that they were trying to build his character the way that they've treated Bray in the past, I, I unfortunately would say it's more towards, to prove your point, kind of just doing something that, you know, most diehard wrestling fans would find cool, a trip down memory lane type deal. But I, I just, as a character, like beating Cena 
should be a world or eater of worlds type moment. And I don't I think it's hard to come away with that. Even everybody's saying, Oh, that was so cool. Who's saying, Man, Bray looks so strong. Bray's in position to dominate for the next year now. I haven't heard anybody say that. Honestly, if, that, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, Drew McIntyre is in a better position right now than Bray Wyatt is. At any time, they can just take it off of Bray Wyatt, uh, just the streak he's on, whatever, and take a spot from him, and it'll seem justified because he hasn't had a good rub in how long? He lost to Goldberg. He came and did this little dalliance. But the momentum of his character isn't pushing forward. And, I mean, y'all are welcome to disagree, but. Well, I think that they're going to use him more as a, I think, a sideshow, it looks like, which I don't think that's the the right position. But I think they look at him, if you look at the way they've used him throughout his entire career, he's going to be a guy because of his character and, and just the great talker he is. He, he kind of automatically builds stories that he's going to be – you know, just outside of being the man, where he's going to be that adjacent story with another big-name wrestler that doesn't have right now a big feud or a title shot going for him. And I thought it was a a mistake when they put the belt on Bray in the first place because if you're going to build a character like this, sort of like The Undertaker, and even more so with The Fiend, why would The Fiend want the belt? He's going to be there basically to destroy worlds and, you know, play mind games with people and shouldn't really be, you know, worried about winning a title in the first place. Ron, you yeah, totally. Uh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, um, just because of, I think they mainly put the strap on him just kind of as a reward for coming up with something so brilliant because it's hard to uh, maintain him as the guy to, to take down if he's consistently showing that he's has very few weaknesses, if any at all. All right, let's move on to one of the low points, or at least in my opinion, the women's SmackDown title. They had the five-woman elimination challenge match. I really didn't have a problem with the finish, uh, at least the winner. Uh, I thought the match was okay. My issue is I don't understand why they won't full-out pull the trigger on the Sasha Bailey feud. We are now going on like 15 months of them teasing this, I've seen some articles saying, well, this is as close as they've been. It's been 15 months. I'm ready to to get over this. Let's get to this, you know, rivalry before it gets stale, and that's what I worry about. Uh, RC, I'll start with you. What did you think about that, and and do you agree with my point that, like, what are they waiting on here? How old are you, Keith? How old am I? I'm 38. (laughs) I thought you were a little bit younger. But anyway, in Ronnell and I's day, when we watched wrestling, it took years before a friendship would explode. So you just got to be patient. I know this current pace where, you know, their heel face turns all the time, but it's okay to let it simmer. There's no point when Sasha and Bailey finally split their friendship where it's not going to be entertaining. There's no point 
and when they do that, that you're not going to watch it. They, first of all, they're, they're for, you know, the four horsewomen, but the most intriguing women on the roster are, are yeah, I don't know if Becky Lynch counts anymore, but they are two of the four most intriguing women of the roster. They're two of the better workers. They're two, I think what Bailey has done, which I never had much use for Bailey, but what she's done on this championship run, I think it's just been great work. Even the small details that she noticed uh, in an empty ring, Cole says, Sasha and Bailey almost both got eliminated. Bailey's outside the ring and says, No, we didn't. It's just little things like that where she's mastered the craft. And I, I'm just honestly, I'm enjoying what Bailey is doing. And I enjoyed that match more than most of the matches on the card because it just, they, between their chemistry, it feels more organic. You always have that tease thing. But I will say, this is my biggest beef with some of the guys on the page and the guys, the internet wrestling community, they think something's bad because the thing that they did, the thing they wanted to happen didn't happen. Just because what your fantasy booking, I'm speaking in general, but just because your fantasy booking didn't come true, didn't make it bad. It's like, did the story, just like Game of Thrones or whatever, is the story being told, told well? Like my actual opinion of what I want to happen isn't, as important as whether there's good stories being told. Ron, what do you think? Um, personally, I, I too am kind of waiting on uh, that, that bubble to that bubble to burst for them. Um, you could tell at the tail, especially like at the tail end, when you saw Sasha really give that uh, loving look towards the title before she handed it over to Bailey. It's like, it's just kind of hanging there right at the, at the tip of our lips. And it's like, on one hand, I'm like, well, you just let it happen already. But at the, uh, I do kind of agree with RC, you know, look at how long that the, the, for example, the mega powers bubbled. Uh, it, it took over a Jesus from almost uh, a full WrestleMania to almost the uh-huh. next SummerSlam for that to bubble over. Or so, the um, I'm sorry. I said, or the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Marty. Yes. Jackson. Right. Shawn yes. Said, yes. Yes. Here. So you know. Yeah. So, uh, but me, I, I'm more leaning towards. Oh, I, I just. It's more just because I, I can't wait for what it is that they're going to produce because our, you know, RC was definitely right. When it does happen, we know they're going to definitely bring the house and they're going to put together um, one hell of an epic match. So, I mean, I, I was disappointed with um, the, the title match in itself, but you know, the story can, can continue to play out because uh, as, as soon as that thing explodes, man, we're, we're going to be, uh, definitely standing and applauding when, when we finish with that match. Also, uh, I, I'm personally really. Um, I just want to say that one. I just want to say as a personal who, thing. Who is that? And I have. What What'd you say? You say Selena? I couldn't hear you said. Selena sucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she did blog there. Selena Snooker sucks. Like, I, I think I've tried to be uh, really, like, real patient with her. <laughs> this is not good. I, I I've had enough of it, and we and no, I I, I don't like her. <laughs> I just want to say that. So <laughs> the next highlight I want to talk about was a match that I, we were both a little flustered in the fact that they were moving forward with it, and that's the triple threat ladder match for the tag team belts. It was only because 
We knew this was going to be a match that is not in front of an audience. It's a very physical, dangerous match. And we thought that it was unnecessary to move forward because the Miz had had, you know, basically I think he was exposed to the coronavirus. So, obviously, he couldn't participate. They turned into a singles triple threat match for the tag belts. I didn't understand the reasoning in that, and I thought it was dangerous. But, goodness gracious, I I thought arguably it was the best match uh, on the card, in the ring. All three guys were incredible. They gave their all, and I really enjoyed the finish that was a little tweak to a ladder match finish that we've seen a gazillion times. But this time they actually unhooked it, uh, and it was John Morrison who actually fell back with the belt as uh, both Jay and Kofi stood there with the hook that the belts are on. Uh, Rana, what did, you, what did you think about this triple threat ladder match? Boy, oh, boy. The, those three guys burned it down. The athleticism that they showed, uh, with the, the uh, ingenuity, the, the types of maneuvers that they did, the fact that Morrison can pull off his finisher by getting somebody a slash laid across a ladder on the second rope. Um, Kofi attempting to do a diving uh, – drop kick through the frame of a ladder and getting snatched. Like there are so many different moments in this that was absolute thrilling match that I'm, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Um, Cause as we had said on the, on the preview podcast, if they had made uh, a title switch here, it would have been a bit gross miscarriage of justice to not be let Miz and all the teams be uh, involved as a whole. But for what they had and the situation that it was, I think they put on a fantastic bout. It was good. It was good. That's it. You've seen the match before? All right. Uh, this is a this, that was too much of a baby face uh, uh, reaction for me to comment on. I'm I'm talking about my I can't I can't be a baby face on it. So it was fine. Right. Uh, what did you think about the quality of the two men's titles matches in the ring? Is that directed towards me? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, it was shit. I mean, I, I don't understand why they keep doing these same matches with Brock and, like, it's just like, and, and Goldberg, where you just keep doing the finishers. You just do the finishers multiple times, and whoever you want to win either goes over on a squash or he's able to just overcome it and just do his finisher a couple times, and it's over. And it's like this new style of match they have which was at his, at his worst when Brock and Goldberg actually fought each other in that series. But, like, that's, I don't, I don't want to understand what you're doing. That's not wrestling. That's like, uh, I can't remember what video game it was, but there's several video games. I haven't played their video games in a while. But basically, you had to earn your finishing moves to do it. But sometimes you could store right. them up and have, like, seven finishers. And so you, you're just exhausting the finishers instead of having to earn it at a certain point of the match. And it's just, it's not good booking or good wrestling logic, and it's just it's obnoxious, honestly. No, I'm really I hoping. Totally agree with you there. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Keith. I was just saying, I really hope this is the last year 
that Goldberg or Brock Lesnar are in the main event anywhere near it and definitely have the WWE title on the line. Uh, I have basically in the low points the quality of the two main event matches. The only positive I can say is the fact that we have the belts off of Lesnar and Goldberg. Hopefully, we will get back to some kind of normalcy in wrestling, and we'll actually have a guy on both brands that will defend the title week in and week out and show up, uh, which would be fantastic. Uh, Ronnell, what did you think about what they did to Drew McIntyre, putting him on last, following up, or let's just say the order of the matches, not putting something that wouldn't draw, uh, draw so much attention right before his title match to close in the Cena and Wyatt when he had already kind of lost his moment in the sense that it wasn't before the big crowd. And I just I feel really bad for Drew in the sense that he's a great wrestler. He's made this amazing comeback. And he's probably the biggest loser in the sense of just he didn't get his WrestleMania moment. Uh, and I just – this should be, you know, kind of a life-changing crowd exploding. I know he got it at the Royal Rumble, but did, did he kind of get screwed a little bit with just the circumstances that are going on in the world? Absolutely, absolutely. And considering um, how um, controversial that Funhouse match was, like we definitely could not have uh, gone home on that, even though uh, it would have been – Kind of okay for me, but I I can understand why as a whole it would have been hard for the masses to to accept that to be the last thing to be seen. So yeah, Drew really did get screwed. I mean, I was mostly looking forward to like before uh, this whole situation took over. I was looking forward to the pop that he was going to get. I I know I spoke of um you know Kofi Kingston's pop and how you know it gave me that that old chill up your up your spine, like, yes, you know, you got, you got your absolute moment, you know, almost a hundred thousand people screaming and he's really getting screwed. And instead he's having to say, you guys are all here with me. Uh, It's like a a fantastic moment that had to get deflated with a needle, basically. RC, did you see the raw after uh, mania? Did you get to watch that? Uh, I tried to avoid it, but are you talking about the big show thing? Yes. Can, we, can you talk that. about, like, what were they doing there? Like, what is the purpose well, I think, of that? I, I, I think, given what the, the, the question that you asked, I think they're thinking, you know, your question that you asked about it getting ruined, to put some icing on the right. cake and say, oh, my gosh, this guy beat. <laughs> Big Show who's ran Ignoring that, ignoring that, you know, right out of the Netflix uh uh sitcom bill who was randomly there and he beat uh Brock Lesnar on the same night. And nobody can say that and that's quite it's almost like in their minds, this is the same thing as saying Jericho beat Stone Cold and The Rock the same night. Like, they're trying to do that. And they'll say this for the rest of his life. He beat The Big Show and Lesnar in 2020, by the way, on the same Not night. But I think that's their logic. No, and, and, and no, for many reasons, it does not work. But that's what they're going for. And maybe that works to, like, seven-year-olds. But 
I don't think that does much for the average wrestling fan as even a teenager. But hey, if you if you if you got a shirt that's so big that it looks like a dress, <laughs> like you buy one of those from the from the shop, then you might have enjoyed that. Otherwise, probably not. So how about I seriously texted Ron L when that match started, freaking out, knowing that the big show had a TV show coming on Netflix, and I'm like, if they make Drew have a WrestleMania 9 where he drops the belt to Big Show just so he can promote his TV show on Netflix, and it kind of shows some of the decisions WWE has made over the years, that that mind, like, like that thought really crossed my mind where I was worried for a minute, like, could this happen? Uh, and I was very thankful that they ended the match pretty quickly and it was over. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of different opinions on the KO and Seth Rollins match. Rana, what did you think about that match? I thought for the situation that they did, that they uh, put it together okay. Um, you know, with with – Seth trying to, you know, steal, you know, last with the week before saying that, you know, you have no WrestleMania moment. I, I get what they were trying to do. And unfortunately, it, it was really left with this match with the that fantastic elbow off of the freaking WrestleMania side. That, that was absolutely insane. But, you know, outside of that, KO went in and handled business the way I, I thought that he was going to. And, you know, nothing there um, outside of that elbow drop really came off to me as a surprise in that match. RC, do you think it was overkill that they had the disqual- the almost disqualification, the mid-dusty finish, and then, you know, KO agrees to do a no disqualification the rest of the way? Yes. But, I mean, I didn't mind it. I mean, but generally anything involving Seth and KO, to some reason, for some reason rather, because they both can talk pretty well, I I feel like it leads to stuff like that because they are allowed to talk more, so they give them more rope, and they'll think of things to write for them to do extra. Like, I don't want to see – I can't tell you how many times I feel like I've seen KO or Seth involved in, like, an extra stipulation kind of match right in the middle of it, and then they go to commercial and come back and there's a six-man or there's a notice qualification or or the evil commissioners screwing them over. So it's both – both of them, it's just – that's overdone. But it was fine. I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed both the characters. Uh, I'm close to a KO march, so him going over at WrestleMania is fine with me. I wasn't, like – I never thought much of the feud, so I just enjoyed it for what it was worth, you know. I haven't talked to you in a while about wrestling on a podcast. Two things I want to know real quick. Do you think it helps or hurts KO giving him the stunner as a finisher? It doesn't help. Like, it's weird, and I don't know why they allow him to do it. The the old tried and true thing is to ask another man for his move, and that that doesn't seem like it happened in this particular case. You know, Stone Cold, unless y'all know something I don't, but Stone Cold seems like he took it in stride. But it doesn't help. It doesn't. It doesn't enhance his character. And you just you you, you, nobody else can do the stunner. It's like somebody else doing the rock bottom, or 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 the people's elbow. Like you just you can't do it. The men's doing the figure four. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, even the figure, yeah, the figure four was kind of common, though. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look right. Like, it doesn't look right, though. It just does, yeah, it just doesn't look right. And it's just, it's fine, but it, it definitely, the, of all the things he does in the ring, that that's the least, uh, that's the thing, the only thing that doesn't make me happy. <laughs> and so the other thing, because me and Ron L have both been big time on the Messiah Seth Rollins character gimmick. What do you think? I, I think this is personally the best heel, better than the whiny heel he, he normally is, sort of the, you know, arrogant prick. I can't. I, I have a hard time watching Raw. I mean, I catch it. It's fine. I'm, I'm tired of Seth. He's been in the spotlight a long time. I'm a big fan, but just, right. I just feel it. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's fresh, but he doesn't feel super fresh to me anymore, but he is what he is, and he's earned his spot, but it's just, to me, like Roman, it's like, and it's, it's just, they just don't feel fresh to me. I and mean, they've been on top for a while. They don't feel fresh to me anymore. Six, seven and, I mean, years. Does, it's like, been, a, it's been a run. I can understand that, and, and you can, I was just thinking that, and it's hard to, at least with this, the reason I'm digging this Monday Night Messiah thing is just, it's it's a a, a release from, previous characters of his and it almost seems like it's more of his actual uh real life persona but quite honestly how do you really rewrite those two guys especially roman reigns i, I don't see roman reigns going through any kind of facelift or persona change and you really can't with him yeah at least with seth you can get some range but just i mean i i think seth there's only so many times you can come out to open raw and give a 20 minute speech uh, I think there's a shelf life for that. I'm sorry. I think he's hit a shelf life. Now, for some people, you can keep going, but I, I can't. I, I, I can't. <laughs> and I like him, but I just can't anymore. And it's a very creative gimmick, and it's fine. I mean, not that creative, but he plays it well. And, but it, it, I, I've hit by Seth Rollins' opening Raw uh, line about a year ago. Quota. <laughs> yeah, quota. There we go. So... The next match I want to talk about, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the whole build. Me and Ron Allen have discussed on, you know, many of the podcasts over the months we've been doing it, how there's not enough, you know, B storylines that they see all the way through. I really thought the Otis, Dolph Ziggler, Mandy Rose triangle, uh, it was creative. It was something fun. It's a, it's an, or I shouldn't even say creative. It's actually just taking an old storyline copying it, kind of freshening it up a little bit with, you know, cell phones and stuff. But I, I really enjoyed it. I think Otis is a fun character, and I really enjoyed this match. RC, what did you think about this storyline match? I'm going to briefly break character today and say I have – I've had like a, a soft spot in my heart for this stupid feud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid and so basic and so cheesy. It just, <laughs> I don't understand. I've been, like, on Team Otis since he got his heart broke. I was like, no, oh, you didn't let him have the game. Like, what? He'll grow up the same way, man. Then they dried it out, man. It really, it, it got me. Everybody's been there, man. And it's just, a, uh, <laughs> and he got the girl. Sometimes wrestling, like, wrestling booking doesn't have to be that hard. Sometimes it's really just that simple, man. You take a tried and true uh, story, you take an archetype and you put it through the uh, 
the story. You tell the traditional story, and the good guy wins in the end. But sometimes wrestling is really just that simple. Yep. Bronell, I think one of the most disappointing things is with that crowd, I think that that may have been like the second or or third biggest pop of the night at Mania, if that's actually in Tampa in front of a sold-out arena. I mean, can't you see especially a WrestleMania crowd going just nuts when he finally wins and picks up Mandy into his arms? The, the the kiss would have man the kiss would have blew the place off the roof. I <laughs> I was sitting here and I was celebrating with that and it's like the, the, one of the most and like three weeks ago, uh, if you would have told me about this match and be like why until the episodes of SmackDown that led up into it and the way it all played out like you guys said throw throw a classic story put a new package on it something like that. I'm going to gobble that up, and I I absolutely did. The last man standing match between Edge and and Randy Orton was raw, uh, violent. I I wish they could have cut like five minutes out of it uh, because it was pretty long, but I was just amazed at the way these guys went at each other, and one of the benefits, and we actually had discussed this on previous podcasts, that we thought this could be a match that wouldn't be helped, but it wouldn't really be hindered at all from not having a crowd there. And it was just amazing to hear those two guys who are obviously in great shape for guys in their 30s, 40s, like huffing and puffing and breathing and just whining and wheezing. And that was really what I took from that match. And the physicality of it was that both of those guys were just wore out. RC, did did you enjoy this match? Did what did you think about the last man standing match? I turned it off. Swear to God. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, at what was, point? Uh, it's too slow. When they were in the uh, when they were in the workout room area. I watched 20 minutes into it. They put they put him on. They, he put Randy Orton on the little stand, the, work, the weight bench stand, and then he grabbed the, that was uh, weird. little pull-up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, man, like, like, no, that's yeah. not, like, I knew what this match was. Like, Low budget I I knew what this match was. Like, to me, that's not amazing. They've done that a hundred times, and I've done it on video games a hundred times, especially without a crowd. But, like, you go through the thing, you use all these objects. It was no holes barred. But I've seen that, and I lived through ECW. So, like, in my mind, I hope right. I'm punching, kicking, being on surfaces, throwing each other against stuff, it just doesn't impress me. And to me, the match psychology and the match I was most excited for based on the lead-up to it and the best story that was told was this. And then they chose to do this, maybe because of Edge's limitations, maybe because they were trying to stretch it out, but I I, I just was not impressed. That kind of match is never going to impress me because any match is just mostly punching and kicking. It doesn't do anything for me in 2020. Well, you saw it, like what you were saying, if you grew up, you know, and I, I remember watching ECW when I was in, like, middle school, high school. Uh, it's not going to get more extreme than that. Just watch the New Jack City uh, documentary that just came out on uh, Vice. 
that it, yeah. it just or the excuse me, New Jack. I mean, it, it those guys were crazy. I mean, those were uh, true hardcore matches. Uh, Ronnell, what did you think of that match? I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I, I saw the internet kind of lost its mind uh, during that that scene that RC was talking about because. Everybody was wondering, was it a was it a, a rub towards, um, you know, the the Vice series that you were just mentioning, and so on and so forth. And it's like, man, uh, I could see both sides, but it's like, let's not get too deep on that, man. They were just trying to put together a, a match. They knew they had to fill like twenty five minutes of you know, beating the absolute hell out of each other. Let's not play too much into it. But I, I for what it was, and I thought the, the way that uh, Edge kind of showed his, you know, quote on, he showed his emotion towards the end to kind of hopefully solidify this feud or at least end it for now. Uh, I, I appreciated it for what it was. Grit. That's what they kept pushing. Were you surprised that... His grit. Yeah. <laughs> Did we get that over? His grit. Were you all surprised that Beth didn't play a role in the match, Beth Phoenix's wife, because she was such an integral part of the storyline? Not once I realized it wasn't going to be in the ring. Like, if it was more in the ring kind of thing, unless something happened that I missed. But uh, uh, unless if it, if it was a... Uh, like that kind of when it's not in the ring, the extra person doesn't make as much sense, and it doesn't have as much impact either. All right, so I I know we're gonna get some big time disagreement on these. Uh, well, I don't know about this next one. I know the the last one I have set up. We will. Uh, the the Becky Shayna Baszler match. I, I'm conflicted on. I actually liked the finish of it, like the actual finish, because I thought it was really smart that her last loss, uh, Shana's was, was the exact same way. And, you know, Becky studied that. And and that's kind of the sort of character Becky's become that she'll do whatever to win. But I am starting to wonder if they're not doing Becky Lynch any favors or the women's division by continuing to have her dominate. She has now gone through everybody on the raw roster I mean, and then, you know, Shayna was somebody who just beat five women on the Raw roster in an elimination chamber straight. And then if she can't beat Becky, I just don't know where we're going. Uh, RC, we'll start with you. What, what I mean, you got kind of the same concerns, or do you think WWE is doing the right thing with Becky right now? Uh, well, so for me, whereas Becky's character has gotten a little stale to me and a little watered down from what the original organic scene was. And it's kind of a caricature of that. And that's what WWE likes to do. But I think she could have been something super special and transcendent if they had let it go its natural route. But they kind of let her kind of a stale version. Um, So there's that. So it could be freshened up. But then at the same time, like, I don't have these things. I think some of the either, I don't know if they're newer wrestling fans or if they are just, they think a certain way or they didn't grow up. I don't know. Or or, or where these things come from. But long-term booking used to be a thing. And, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily change because of the society we're in. Like, it's okay for a champion to have a, have a belt for a year, have a belt for a year and a half, maybe even two years. Like, it's okay to just build somebody and make it, 
really hard to beat them. And then when that person does come along, it's going to be a trial and error where, okay, if Shayna beats uh, uh, Becky, and then maybe she'll catch on on the main roster. No, if you beat Becky after having the belt for a year and a half, if you beat, if you beat her this SummerSlam, you, you, you're a star. If you beat her next Royal Rumble, you're a star. So, like, that long title reigns don't bother me, especially when I don't think that there's anybody on the roster that's necessarily earned that spot. And to, so, to me, you keep pushing, you keep pushing the, 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 you keep milking the cow that's giving you milk. <laughs> Sorry with the women and with women, but I'm trying to treat them equal. That's the best <laughs> analogy I would make for a man. <laughs> Ronald, don't you think, though, that they should at least change her character a little bit? I just, I worry that they had somebody who was so white hot, and I think the next big exciting thing for Becky is going to be the person that dethrones her and then makes her snap and her chasing the title, because that was honestly a lot more exciting than her actual title run. That's true. Yeah, no, totally. Totally agree with that. And, and you know, leading into this, we were we were both kind of conflicted as to uh, where they were going to go with it. I do very much appreciate the way they did do that ending, because they did have Shayna look extremely strong, as they should, because, you know, I just don't like the fact that, like you said, you know, she just was a world breaker in the elimination chamber. And so now what are we going to do? Um, it, uh, is she still going to uh, come after Becky? Like, wh- where are we going with this? I, um, I like RC, also don't mind a, a long title reign, but, you know, uh, I, I also need Becky to, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I need more out of it because, you know, it's hard. Yes, yes, please. Because, yeah, you're, you're, I don't like necessarily repeating everything, but it, when, it's, when it's true and I agree with it, that's what it is. It, that, that man character is getting watered down. I believe I said that a while back. You know, I, let's, give her, let's give her something new. Give her something fresh to work with. And I don't know if that's RC, what the future you- plan is considering. RC, do you think that WWE needs Ronda right now? Badly. Sadly and badly, they do. They miss her. I agree. Her energy. God, I don't like Ronda. Uh, I can't believe, I can't believe it. That she, the energy that she brings to the division is similar to the energy that Brock brings. And part of what made Becky was so awesome, it brought the, it brought the best out of Becky. That moment when she mm-hmm. saw Ronda and she said that she was going to she uh she came in there, she challenged me, she said, I told you I'd see you again. I told you I'd get back to you. That's like all time height wrestling stuff. I was mad that Charlotte was in the way. But the way she was going <laughs> after Ronda Rousey was the best Becky had. And she's never she hasn't been the same since, honestly. No. And the way she and was and that's one why more she was so hyped up for the uh for the raw invasion, that's why she was all hyped up and got the nose broken. All the iconic moments—not all, but the the truly iconic to the to the rocket ship moments—came when she was coming after Ronda. Yep, well, that's fair. Do you think them introducing Nia Jax back on Raw on Monday night is leading to finally a potential Becky Nia feud that we never got after she broke her nose? 
Uh, I don't care. But let me get to this. <laughs> I gotta be honest but let me let me say this. I was impressed. I was I'm a big Naya fan too, but I think she's been gone too long. She just feels too stale and she's she's doing so much on Instagram making her kind of soft, you know, and posing. So I can't look at her as like missing posing and I miss the match and everything. Um but I do like I'm big on Naya. But um what I saw from Shayna Baszler, I didn't have a lot of exposure to her. And Sam Hugh on the page, God bless his heart. He's wrong about everything. <laughs> That's what we say in the South. I think all three of us are from, where are you from, Ronnell? Are you Southern? Uh, I'm from New York. I've I've got uh, Virginia and Louisiana family, so trust me, I know exactly okay, okay. what you're saying. Okay, so you know the deal. God bless, yeah, God, bless his saying. heart. The, bo- the boy is wrong well. about everything. The boy is wrong. He couldn't book his way out of a paper bag. I hope you're listening, Sam. I love you. But you couldn't book your way out of a paper bag. You'd run any company into the ground that you ran. But you told, you told me how good Sam Beasley was. And I didn't listen, of course, because it was Sam, you know, everything. He, he thinks everybody's great. You know, just, you know, he's just whatever. He's the worst of the Internet uh, wrestling community. Again, I love him, but he's always wrong. Uh, but anyway, she impressed me through this whole view, through everything. I am sold on Shayna Baszler. And, uh, you know, I'm here and there on NXT. I'll pop in and out and everything. But I, when they come over to Raw, I give them a chance. I think that's what it, it – can you conduct yourself in that way on a big stage in front of different crowds and blah, 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 blah. So very impressed with Shayna Baszler. Sorry to ignore your question. Shayna's ready for prime time. You're good. She's been ready for prime time. So, what did you what did you think about the commentary overall for for this with no crowd and obviously it was more prevalent? I, I thought that they did okay. I, I thought bringing in JBL was a good thing for for his um, for his part. Uh, you know, we kind of needed that. Um, Kind of like what RC is brought to us right now. We we need a, a little bit of um, adobo to the salt and pepper. You know what I mean. So since we don't have the background noise of the of the crowd and, and the participation and such, that did kind of play more of a role. And I'm happy that we kind of had the uh, regular commentary to the. Uh, somewhat celebrity commentary coming in there. And with it being JBL, of course, we had some fantastic heel comments thrown in, spice in the mix. So I was okay with it. You know, there's there's only but so much that they can do with uh, WWE because, uh, quite honestly, their announced teams are – they're hit and miss to me. All I could think about was if Bobby the Brain Heenan – and Gorilla oh, Monsoon, you know, God bless their soul, we're still around and we're announcing this because they knew how to have actual banter, feel time, and it was a little awkward at times. And I understand the announcers were also adjusting to the reality of what wrestling is right now, but it seemed like so many times they were trying to wait for, you know, a crowd reaction because they're used to it after a big spot. And because of that, it was just silence, and it made it sort of awkward. Did, did you notice that, RC? I mean, I think that's to be fair, and I don't like I, – I like JBL, Cole. It took me – I was one of those people that cried about uh, JR getting fired for about JR. 10 years, but I finally accepted Michael Cole. But, um, like, 
given what they had to do, man, I, I can't criticize them for silence because it was in a no crowd arena. Like, like that, that's right. gonna. There's no way in the world they could have filled all that time. Like, I know you noticed it, but I don't think I don't think Jr. or Tony Schiavone or God bless his soul, Gordon Soley, if you want to go back. Gordon may have started an anecdote Gordon may have started an anecdote that had nothing to do with what was going on in the ring. Exactly. But I think there would have been varying degrees of silence. Uh it just would have been a lot funnier if Jesse Ventura and uh obviously Bobby Brain and those kind of people that were very witty would have been able to be there. I think it would have been uh Corey Gray, wasn't Corey Graves was there though, wasn't he? No, sir. He was out. Him and Carmella got. Uh, see, that's what I thought. I just thought he was missing. See, see, that was the weird thing. Yeah, so Corey Graves, but that's what I was just thinking. I don't think he was like I don't remember hearing him. Like he's good at one-liners and being funny and like so that would have helped. But I, I don't understand what happened there. But like, what the heck? But yeah, he, that would have helped. But yeah. I mean, I wasn't expect. I don't expect much for the, the Monday Night Raw commentary is so bad. I cannot listen to it. So we're starting at a low point for me. I can't do it. And JBL was a nice touch, but but it's like, and, and, but I, I give them a pass for what they had to deal with. Right. All right. So the last uh, thing we're going to talk about from WrestleMania, I saved it for last because I know uh, <laughs> myself and RC are going to disagree on this. I don't know about this. Why on the show? This is a scary thing. I am, this is why you know why we're here. On the show. You know why we're here. We're not live on the show. You can go ahead. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, go ahead. You start. You're ready. Go ahead. Get your, your baby face okay. rattling in. So, so I, I am confused as to why Charlotte won the NXT title. And I say okay. that because they brought Bianca up to Raw, at least it, it, by all uh, intents and purposes, on Monday. So you have two basically very talented women's wrestlers who I think outside of the four horsewomen, we're getting kind of stale. Even some of the four horsewomen act is getting kind of stale. We just talked about how we need Ronda desperately. You have two legit women in NXT. Rhea just defeated Shayna, who had like almost a year run with the women's title, bum rush through the Raw roster, and she doesn't get the title for a month because she loses to Charlotte. When that first happened, I was okay with it. And I even told Ron L that I understood that booking because I assumed that meant that they were setting up Bianca to be the one who would dethrone Charlotte as the NXT champion, and then she would have that clout when she makes her move up to the main roster but they did neither, and I just I can't understand, other than Charlotte, who it benefits giving her the NXT women's title. Well, first, I would say, where are these assumptions coming from? Why, why do you think these assumptions are best for business? Explain to me how Charlotte not having the title is best. Bad. Explain how, having, how, Charlotte, how Charlotte having, that's hard to say, how Charlotte having the NXT title is bad for business. Because that's the goal of everything. Because, it, it, no, go ahead. Do you want me to, I can wait if you want me to. No, yeah, I want you to answer. Do you want me to yeah. answer? Okay. Uh-huh. So well, there's for, basically I'll, two I'll, I'll answer. Go ahead, um, Rana. Well, one of the, well, 
one of my reasons is, is that um, NXT as a whole has the best women's division in wrestling, period. So bringing Charlotte there and giving her a John Cena treatment does none of them any favors. But, but that, you, did, you didn't tell me business. Best for business means the bottom line of making money. And I'll tell you best for business is the fact that Charlotte came on on February 19th. At that point, mm-hmm. AEW Get and uh, AEW and uh, what? Uh, sorry, NXT, NXT were basically even, basically even in the ratings. The ratings have actually gone down since Charlotte's been there. They hyped up. Well, you would her have to look at the whole. You would have to, I mean, if you really want to be analytical of that, you would have to look at the quarter hour ratings, like I have to used to do at the thing, and look at Charlotte's segment compared to the other segments. You can't give one person. That for a two-hour program, I say one person's responsible for the ratings. There would be a spike in ratings and look at per segments of it. But so what we're already talking about. See, this is what I'm. This is what I'm talking about. Is like I, I think there's a fundamental under, misunderstanding of what booking is. Booking is not who performs the best, who does the best. Booking is to do what is best for the business. Best for the business is not necessarily what the hardcore fan wants. Best for the business is to put Charlotte. An international and definitely nationally marketable star who could get on Colin Cowherd's show, who could go on the Today Show, who could go on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, not Regis and Kathy Lee anymore, it's Kelly and whoever now, and promote NXT. Michael Strahan. And that title everywhere. Oh, yeah, dude, right. secret. Never mind. Sorry. Secret. Yeah, yeah, it goes to him. So that's <laughs> best for business. The things you're all talking about are mark out fan stuff. That's what you want to see as a fan. That doesn't make sense for the business. It doesn't if, make if sense, Bianca and Bella I apologize. My... Go ahead. If Bianca Belair wins, that, that nobody's watching that show anyway. When she goes to the main roster, she still has to be introduced. You could say, oh, Charlotte, she beat Charlotte for the for NXT title, but what does that do? None of those girls were stars until they came to the main roster. You're not going to be a star until you come to the main roster anyway. doesn't matter who you are, what you I do. agree with you, but the major- so why then – Rhea is at WrestleMania against Charlotte. She has a chance at WrestleMania in her introduced match to be the number one woman on the roster. You're telling me that's not going to help build a character that is already blossoming? And that's not good for business so to why, have why would more I people that why are would stars? I, why, would I choose to, why would I choose to build someone when I already have probably the greatest woman's wrestler already? Why would I take oh, her exactly. down? Because oh, I'm sorry. Because it's over not the... going to be hurt by losing matches. But the and company and could over be. The, last eight the company months, could be by giving over the, the wrong person. Over the last eight <laughs> months, look at what they've been doing with that women's division. Look at all of that they've been putting into building Rhea Ripley. Look at the huge Survivor Series but, weekend Rhea Ripley had. Look did at it the draw? monster did it draw performance money? that did it draw what's money? that? Did it get ratings? Did it draw money? I didn't check. I didn't did check. I didn't check the ratings. I didn't check the ratings. They, they I'll, I'll get back to you on They that. aren't better than Raw and SmackDown. They aren't better than Raw and SmackDown. The thing that you NXT guys get, nobody's watching this shit. So it's still the minor league. So no matter what you do, Charlotte is more important so, and better for business. Any star is. These guys are the minor leagues. 600,000 people is a drop in the bucket. Six months before that, it was a fucking internet show. It's nothing in the landscape Raw. of wrestling. Nobody knows who these people are walking down the street. They're Twitter followers. Their social media but, interactions. But, but, their yet, YouTube it, but, yet, NXT, 
yet NXT and AEW are the two shows to talk about right now. And for the last six months, they the have been the, the two Mark shows to talk about. In the Mark community. You don't think you go to on Twitter and they're going to SmackDown or Raw and see see which more are trending. See who who has more uh what do you call it more more interactions about Raw and SmackDown and all those things. A, a bad Raw is still doubling both of those shows. A bad so you're saying the thing to talk about in the little community that you live in on the internet is the thing to talk about. In the mainstream, it's not. That's the well, thing why you are you sending you Charlotte down to, to that, though? You're saying that's you the want, minor leagues. Why are you sending Charlotte down? Because they're down? trying to expand it, obviously. I, I would, if I would, I mean, I wouldn't have it. But if I was Vince and he was trying to Triple H or whatever, they're obviously, trying to, they're obviously trying to keep people like y'all happy and give y'all something to chew on because you don't, like, you're too edgy for the mainstream product. Well, the, well, but, that, but nobody's see, watching. But, see, that's a contra- but, that's a, but that's a contradiction right there, RC. If you want to give us something to chew on, then continue to, then continue to build this, the players that you are developing now. We already see the stars that they are and that they can be and that they most likely will be. But most you know, likely will be based on what? What is your NFT track record? Ronnell, what's your track record of predicting – NXT stars to main uh, main event main main roster stars. I, I'm I'm not a predictor. I'm not a predictor. Well, really, you can tell you the, 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 the shields. they will be stars. Most most of y'all get hung up on people like Finn Balor, who if you watch wrestling long enough, you know he's never going to be a star. I mean, the, the per, if you watch wrestling long enough, it, it just doesn't. I can look at a person and within five minutes and generally predict if they're going to be a star or not. You got it or you don't. He ain't got it. But the internet goes crazy over Finn Balor. And why not Finn Balor? I call him Finnella Wafer. We're talking about Bianca Belair. I'm talking about Rhea Ripley and. Either Bianca Belair. She might be a star. She might not. It's 50 50. It's fine. But, like, if y'all get so worked up over the stuff that's not. Solid, the stuff you're talking about, booking, you don't call it booking. It's fantasy booking because there's no foundation of wrestling booking in the history of wrestling that is that works the way y'all want it to work. By trying to build other people. That's my point. Is like the whole wrestling so if you're gonna is all fight about Hogan. building stars. The issue with WWE for the last 15 years is they built John Cena and they never let anybody take him over. Now they built Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, who they hardly ever let lose. You have to make wins matter. A match at WrestleMania for a young woman who is equal in size and power to Charlotte, which is unheard of. Charlotte is the biggest woman in the division, with the exception of like the Nia Jaxes of the world. And you have somebody with this much talent. Same thing with Bianca Belair. They're special. I'm not one of these people that normally thinks – NXT is better, or it, their, their guys are going to be stars. Can she draw money? You, can she outdraw Charlotte? Can she outdraw Charlotte? How do you know, though? This is how wrestling works. You know you're talking about building characters. Cha- you don't, I agree. No, no, how do you got, know, though, or you have the chance. if you don't let her? How? She's built up. How, she wasn't built up in the pre-lead to, to WrestleMania? She was built. She had a chance to show that she could draw money. She's been in NXT how long? A few years. She uh, she's, been, she's been. Is she getting buried? I'm sorry. She what? She's, she's not getting buried. She's actually, she was actually. She was actually one of the. She was actually one of the gatekeepers. She's one of those people who is always right on the fringe of the title picture. 
at least over I'm this last year. She's getting buried currently. She got to push. Sometimes the rub of fighting oh, no, and losing no. is a good thing. But we look at the history of wrestling. You don't just give these golden tickets to be the man uh, just for no reason. You pass the torch when you earn the torch. She didn't earn the torch because she can't draw money. Stone Cold got the torch because it's the NXT became, title, like, RC, not the women's title. If you were it doesn't matter. WWE You're beating title, Charlotte. No, yes, it does. You're beating Charlotte. Beating Charlotte. They did this it's not with just Oscar, a regular. and she's never been the same. And that's my point. And Oscar's going to have a limited amount never of been... Oscar's going to have a limited amount of draw no matter what you do. How do you know that? If you don't give them you said, the of course, if you make character. them a loser on their biggest match in the grand stage um, against I mean, somebody who did, it's not going to hurt Charlotte to lose. It's not. It hurt the business. It's not the best for the business. More eyes are now on NXT because of what Charlotte can do. NXT viewing has I gone down each lot. week since Charlotte's been on there. Or see, NXT viewing has gone down I, every I, week more, since Charlotte's more, been on there. I'm February 19th through now. Social media. There's social media. There's her giving, going out and promoting it, and more people having awareness on it. That's still more eyes on it. And I haven't looked at the ratings and seen, uh, like, which, um, what other factors were involved and all that. That's much more complicated than the very simple thing you're trying to make it. Stone Cold passed. You're, saying, this is, I mean, you're uh, saying it's all about like, money, and then when I tell you that since she's been on there, they've lost viewing audience. No, because week. you're being childish. You that's a childish argument. You're not willing to analyze the actual ratings <laughs> and do the quarter-hour ratings. You have a bad, it's a horrible argument because A happened and B, that's not the only gauge of more eyes on the product. And you aren't looking at I'm Charlotte trying to for make the a hour. Legit argument. You're saying it's all about money. And I'm trying to tell you it's about building stars because that's how you build money. But I'm telling you, you have that to you're literally wrong future. about the wrestling business. The wrestling business is about drawing money. Anybody that's ever booked will tell you it's about drawing money. And doesn't you more people watching TV have. draw more money? What? The Charlotte's had this issue both on Raw when they uh, did the same thing. When they revolved the show around Charlotte, Raw's ratings dipped. I'm just saying she is not again, this you mega draw. Again, you're not – have, you, have you looked at a quarter-hour rating, Keith? If you haven't looked at a quarter-hour rating, you really shouldn't say it. It's irresponsible to say. To say a whole three-hour show that Charlotte's not a part of but for uh, less than 15 minutes. Generally, the 15-minute segment is the person's calling what you would look at to do it. That's not how ratings work. It's literally what you're telling me is not how ratings work. You don't have the information to back up what you're saying because you don't have the segment that Charlotte was on, correct or not? I don't have the exact segments. No, I don't. So your, your, your basis is because Charlotte was on a show. My basis is not down, that you that's keep saying it's all about drawing. But no, I but you're not. You don't have the stats to back it up. Because that's what wrestling you is. Mean, so what I didn't make that up. That Charlotte is a draw. What stats do you have that Charlotte's a draw? <laughs> Social media interactions, her visibility, her fame, her name. We were just talking about Twitter name, is not a real place. Fact. You told me early Twitter, we need to get out of our bubble on just, Twitter and just, social media. <laughs> that's what you told us no, earlier I, in the podcast. We need to expand. There's more people than Twitter. And, but and, but did I, did I all did I say did I list Twitter as one thing? See that's the thing you caught yourself. I gave you a list of things you picked out Twitter. I said social media interaction, all and also social said, media interaction. I didn't say Twitter. I said social media interactions, Keith. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That that that's uh, TikTok now. All, all through all social media. Yes, that does matter. If you look at all social media, in fact, Facebook is a much better gauge than Twitter because most of the people in the world are on it. 
So y'all don't listen to what I say. I said social media interactions, how famous she is, the fact that she goes out to all the shows. I said it how many times about Regis and Kathy Lee. Uh, her whole scope right of now, who she not is, gonna be going if you on aren't paying shows. attention, if you aren't paying attention to how famous Charlotte Flair is, I can't help you. But I can give you okay. links to every but single thing, thing she's the on. Thing, but but the thing got, is, even with all, even with commercial. all of this, even with all of even with all of this visibility, just like you said, Keith can't can't promise. You promise that all of those viewers from all of those shows, the social media, that they're also tuning in to watch her. That's not necessarily the goal. That the goal is to give exposure to the product. Is literally what I said to build the brand, to create awareness. She's a walking advertisement for NXT. Again, I don't think y'all fundamentally understand what the task of a wrestling Oh no, I understand. You're fine. No, I don't think so. If you so say that you what I'm asking has to be guaranteed of viewers, it's better than what you have. It's better. It's more people will know about NXT because Charlotte Flair is champion. That is a fact. That's a win for any wrestling promotion. And if you don't understand that, I don't know what to do for you. Well, we'll continue to watch the ratings, and if they continue to drop, but no, that no, that's not what I. Sure. That's not the only. That's not the only gauge. That's not the only gauge. That's what you just You're said, making false well, statements. Okay. First of all, you've yet to watch so the let me ratings ask you correctly. This right now. But, no, well, first of all, if right. you want to watch the ratings, do your research. No, wait, Keith. Do your research and don't be lazy. Because it's lazy to say that the ratings drop, blah, 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 without knowing the quarter segments, which you didn't even know about, which you didn't even know about. So don't say, and I didn't say the ratings were the only factor. I'm literally telling you, so don't you make, them, the make it up like Twitter, you did about the Twitter thing. Social media. I heard it. So no, my question the, is, right finally, now, they have an opportunity right now because they're not going to be a lot of going out and promoting because basically people are stuck indoors. I do not understand why you do not try to build another star. Rhea was literally champion for a month. I don't even understand why build you a star by, put the belt build a star on her. By, what? by winning on a show with 200,000 people watching? How, how are you building a star? Nobody's watching that crap. You've got to start over when we drove the Raw and SmackDown anyway. You're not building a star. You can't you build a star. Nobody's watching that crap. There's 780,000 people watching. Which did go to SmackDown and also defeat Charlotte, but, you know. It's been 1.5 million. So it's basically just barely double. So it's not barely like double. You know, double is a lot, so right? You realize double is a lot, right? And historically, Raw's rating is much When it used to be 3, 4 million, and now it's 1.5 million? That's not a but lot. Still and it's a show a that just started being on TV. When a show's been on TV okay. for less than a year and a show's been on for 40 years, it's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. It's no, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a lot. You, you don't understand ratings, You're talking things you don't know. <laughs> I don't understand You're talking about things you don't know, please. You don't have an understanding of ratings. Oh, That's why you didn't know about the quarter-hour ratings. You go look at the rankings of where Raw has been. You don't go rankings over two, two or three months like you're doing. You go over a year or two or three years span. Not these short little times you're talking about. You look at the 18 well, to we can't go over 40 can't so go around. Compare, we can't go that long because NXT hasn't been on TV that long. Exactly. So, like, what are you talking but about? But do you realize that's a part of the problem? That's a part of the problem? It hasn't been branded. Nobody's watching it. One, because it's new. Yeah, that's a weakness. That's a weakness. That counts. You don't get special. This is wrestling. You don't get special points. Tell it to oh, AEW. Let's give it some time. Nobody's watching it. Those aren't great ratings. 
If you look at the cable ratings, those aren't great ratings. That that you don't get that that's not you don't get when a new show comes out, they don't not cancel it because they say, Oh my god, it's new. Let's not cancel it. That's not how TV works, y'all. Um, That's not how TV works. They literally just extended AEW for a few years. And if you Wednesday night, getting eight hundred thousand people watching—that's a ton. That's like one of the top-rated shows that's not on the main channels, like ABC, CBS, NBC. First of all, that how many times they hit eight hundred thousand? I'll put it on right now. You don't know. That's not their average rate. I look they're, at the they're actually they're, they're 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 between seven and eight hundred thousand uh, dollars, eight hundred thousand viewers for the last few weeks, uh, last few months. But they they are not at eight hundred thousand for rating, correct? Every month. Have twenty one shows. What? What? How many twenty one shows? They've had eight out of twenty one. So, so it's, it's it's literally disingenuous for you to say eight hundred thousand a week when the majority of those weeks it has not been that. Correct? You think that's closer to okay. the truth or further okay. away from the truth? What you just said. I think that you're arguing semantics because you know that we have a point. No, 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 you okay, don't. So no, you and, don't. It's, 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 and, it's liter- and the show is literally less than a year you're old on the television, and you're not educated about the ratings. No, if you you're making it about the ratings. Say you good job. You literally are not educated about the ratings, and you're going off and saying the ratings and trying to use it because you think that's a weakness, but it's not because you don't I'm understand using ratings because you brought it up. Go. I'm literally using ratings because you I brought, brought it up. up a lot I was of not ratings. I'm talking about building a star. You brought up social media, ratings, and name recognition. Yes, exposure, and yes, because that's what a star does. I also brought up the fact that she has commercials. Are you going to attack a Cricket Wireless commercial? Are you going to attack uh, Regional Academy? I'm just going to keep saying it. You're going to attack those things? You attack what you thought when, was weak. When are Cricket Wireless commercials coming on? Usually when Raw's on, right? And then when you say on the most, not always. And she, does, and, she does, and she does remote, and she goes to different places. But most of the time, but not always. I've seen Charlotte in Main Street commercials. But guess what? That's more than anybody else on NXT. If she's doing more commercials than anybody else, Charlotte's on all because she's been in the she's been in the she's been decade. These two girls have been in the been in NXT what two years? Bianca what two and a half three maybe? You gotta earn it. Charlotte's in NXT. You gotta earn it. You gotta take it. If you want to be the person that represents the company, it can't be because you made Keith and Ronell excited. It's got to be because you made the majority. There's, and there's of millions of there's millions of fans just like us. There's millions of other fans just like us. There's literally not millions of fans just like you because a million people don't watch fucking NXT. <laughs> so you want Charlotte? To literally, the you think there are of the, 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 the fans. I just want I just the want to say so you want fans Char- that you guys are. It's so tiny. That's what y'all don't understand. No, what you're, you're asking. No, you're like, like, oh, listen, please, listen. Right now, right now, right now, we have to fight as to which brand that we're that we're going to actually watch because we have two shows going on at the same time. If you combine those two shows, those two shows are putting up the viewership of both Raw and SmackDown currently. Why would you combine them? Why would you combine them? There's no because they're in, because they're both because they're both it. because they're both playing the same time. People have to make a choice as to what they're going that to does watch. Not mean you have no evidence to say that that you could just combine them. Every AEW fan 
is going to watch NXT. So, RC, I just want to because we're, so we're if, going if, in if circles about that. So, you watch Charlotte be... First of all, wait one okay. second. One second. Let me, let me expose Ron, Ronnell here. If NXT premiered a week before AEW, correct? It did. Did it get the du- double ratings? Did it lose half its ratings it, when AEW came? It, 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 it had its biggest rating, but it did not double No. What you're saying is false. AEW has its own fan base. Also, it was on the freaking internet for years, and it wasn't doing these double ratings that you're talking about. And y'all just say stuff that because, just comes because off the not, because not every, because not everybody that. is because not everybody's giving you everybody's not giving Vince the money. Everybody's not giving you the. I was about to say you calling you Vince. I don't know why I was going to do that, but everybody's not giving Vince the money. This is this was only something that people were watching who were subscribing to the network, and the network was only at about three million, if I'm not mistaken, three million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years oh, back, or even currently, uh, the fact the fact is okay. that even all of the subscribers didn't even come uh, to to watching watching it on television. Hey, well, I, I don't. Is that a fact? Where, where is that fact from, Ronell? Well, Do you have information of where you know for a fact somewhere a link that you can show me that the subscribers didn't come to watch it on television. Um, or are you just saying stuff? I, I I know I know that they have uh, over three million subscribers, and if they're not getting at least half of them watching, it's obvious that they did not come and watch NXT on. Maybe not but all I the subscribers say, are necessarily so watching. It would, be, work, it would be a fair guess to, to say that most of the people, if you're going to subscribe to WWE Network, and within that network you watch NXT, you probably will watch it when it came over. Now, obviously, every subscriber didn't watch it, which, again, shows that it's just really just not that popular as much as y'all want. The numbers and the metrics aren't there. It's, it's funny. Cool. I actually I didn't start watching it until it hit television, it. and I have the network. So my issue is, and it's the biggest thing, is that WWE is basically making Charlotte a John Cena figure. And, and that's I worry about why. what that's going to do years down what, why that's the problem? Making because money? you had uh, it's one of the most making money. In the they had they they had a stretch from two. Th- why do you think they started bringing in Brock Lesnar, The Rock, and all these other guys? Because John Cena couldn't make money. Once Shawn Michaels that, left, that, once that, Triple H true. wasn't wrestling full time, that is true. That is that's true. Not true. Now, we, okay. We, we, you think you think wrestling stopped? Wrestling has always brought back people. That's just what at wrestling the rate that they have at the back. rate that they have the minute John Cena became the man, basically around two thousand nine, he was like entrenched as the man, right? Around two thousand thirteen, after three four years of him basically being in almost every main event, they started bringing back Chris Jericho. They had to make us like I mean, granted, he helped make a star like CM Punk, but I'm saying that essentially yeah, so a wrestler many people going to come back. Sarah, none of these 11, people are going to come back anyway. None of these people are going to come back. None of these people were going to come back. They, they all just came back because John Cena was struggling. Well, yeah, because that's if they can get – if you can get wrestling work. The part that's not – Paul Hogan must have come back because The Rock and Stone Cold were struggling. Jolly – oh, my God. They brought back Hulk and Nash. Everybody must be struggling. Hulk that's Hogan just, does want to come back. Hulk Hogan's actually this, working out now trying to get a comeback. No, I'm talking about – I'm talking about when he came back with the NWO. 
I'm talking oh, about yeah, this yeah, the okay. nature of the wrestling business. To say that they brought back people because people are struggling is kind of silly because Hogan wasn't what? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You you do you. Yeah, I'm saying I'm say they brought back people because Cena was struggling. Now I agree that Cena's reign up top is weaker than a lot of has a lot of uh, other people, but they, the company made money. They ain't losing money. Since they went public, they've been making money hand over fish. You can look at their I didn't financials. Say they lost Even money. with the ratings are lower. Cena was they one of money. the lower ranking. I didn't say they didn't make money. I said Cena was one of the guys that you, when he was at the top, they made less money than any other time, and that is why they started bringing in all these part-timers and old-timers. And the point of that comment was that Charlotte has already knocked off Sasha. She beat Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha at WrestleMania. And she continues to beat everybody that challenges her. She's an 11-time champion. She's going to get stale, much like John Cena did. And his character, honestly, was really blah for almost five, six years. And it took him leaving for people like me to appreciate how great he actually was because he was shoved Again? down my throat for a three-, four-year period. Again, your perspective is literally only your perspective and the people think like you. John Cena was over. He led merchandise sales. He created awareness. He created so much money for the WWE. Like, I don't – Vince McMahon has no problem and you with think the what product John Cena was really on top well. and making and money. you don't think the product talking, was sale when Cena was on top? You're talking smart wrestling fans. What? Yeah. It's real I, said, good I said, shit. you think the product was not stale when Cena – was and I'm talking about the that. quality of the show. I'm I not didn't talking say about, that. But that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the business or So you're talking I'm about talking as about a fan. Just tell me you're talking as a fan and don't say it's booking, it's a, smart booking. Because you say this is that not, is I don't understand this booking. When you say booking, you mean what's best for business. When you I say, say this book, is what I want to have as a fan, I'm never talking you about people that are over. If you say, if okay. you say so, if you so say when Stone Cold was I, a fan, they should have never let the Rock interact and beat him because then that way they don't. You, don't, you already had Stone Cold. You don't want to make a Rock. You have to make multiple that's stars. Not, that's been the WWE's no, biggest issue over the last decade and a half. That's why they keep bringing in guys like Brock Lesnar and all these other guys because I don't think they that's can't a make stars. They're going to bring in Brock Lesnar no matter what. They're going to bring in Brock Lesnar so what, no matter so, what. Okay, they're going to bring so in what stars did no they make? Well, since when? What, so what, you, so what you don't get is that Brock okay. earned his spot. It was organic. In the last if decade, what stars star, have they made? The Rock did not earn his spot. He was Rocky. He was a third-generation star. He did. And then, yes, he, he did. Your little NXT but he girls did not. Survivor Series. He debuted at Survivor Series. You know how many people didn't debut at Survivor Series? Your little girls did not earn their spot. That's my point. They ain't ready. They ain't there to be the standard bearer of a company and at NXT, WrestleMania. And The Rock has a father and a grandfather that's in the business, and he gets basically to the front of the line. But they didn't earn it in. And the yeah, Rock that's how wrestling works. It's a dirty business. It's full of nepotism, racism, every ism there is. Yes, that's how wrestling works. And we like these people better because they're third generation. I looked at it last night. And I was like, half these people are second and third generation. Randy Orton. We got Randy Orton. We got the Usos. Tamina was on there. Who else is on there? Naya. Yeah, Ed said. I mean, she's from the family. Naya. Yeah, Naya. I mean, it's filled with the roster. is filled with people that were obviously the, the roster is filled with people either trying to get up there that are or whatever generation superstars. Tamina's one. 
That's wrestling. Charlotte, obviously the biggest one. Charlotte is one. That's how wrestling works. Like, I just, I don't, this need to play. But she earned it uh, because they put her in spots to earn it. Like, put the women have put, put busted their ass, take what they're trying XT on cable and do over this past year. These girls earned their spot, and, they, and they've been toiling. In, not to win WrestleMania. Man. Not to win a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> not to win a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, but, they put her but, but, but you know, you, you, made, you made Rhea a world breaker from November and December, though. That happens. This they, is why they, it doesn't, make, doesn't make sense. It's called booking. She's a world. Yes, it does. You make the strongest two opponents at WrestleMania. If you don't understand, that doesn't make sense. You build up the match so she looks like she even has a chance. That's how you book. And then somebody wins, somebody loses. And not even to mention the fact that uh, one of the ladies, which one of the ladies can't even come to the country anymore. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. I'm, I'm glad we were gonna touch. We were gonna That's touch random. on. I, I did want to bring that up because you did share that in the group. And yes, and that that why this move with Charlotte. I still, I still think that it definitely should have been uh, Bianca because Bianca was just m- more of an. Uh, uh, um, it, the few that they they had started, it seemed more natural. But uh, you know, uh, I'm. My hands in the air at this point. <laughs> so, gentlemen, 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 I will leave you with this. And say I've disrupted your appetite no, no, no. here. But I, I will, I will I leave you with this. One real quick question, RC. Did you like the Go Tonight ahead. Mania, and would you continue doing it moving forward? No. Uh, no. Well, eh, it's hard. I can't gauge it off of that without a crowd. Because without a crowd, it's not Mania. So I, I would give it an incomplete. Uh, it, it exhausted okay. me. Normally, Mania exhausts me. So, you know, I don't know. Would you try it at least give it another shot? I mean, I, I, I think it really, it, it, it really demeans who's on a Saturday show. And I think eventually it, there would be like a line of demarcation between who's on Saturday and Sunday. And one's on the junior show, one's on the, uh, one's on the beach, you know, the, the great show. They stack the cards this weekend. This, and y'all can argue and talk about me after and get your words in edgewise. I will leave you with this. <laughs> the things I'm talking about with booking have led to wrestling success from the Mid-South Territories to the AWA to the WWF, the NWA, WCW, all the big runs and all that stuff. And the booking principles that you all talk about have only ever been successful in Ring of Honor. Good night, gentlemen. All right, pro. Cute. Uh, that's cute. Uh, <laughs> so I do well, want to ask this say, question. That was one hell of an inter- show. He, dude, he's a he is a literally. Uh, I, I put the message in the group. I, I've done some podcasts with RC before. Chaos is a ladder, buddy. Uh, he uh, mm-hmm. he lives by Littlefinger's motto, but that's why he uh, works so hard and is who he is and has built something that we love. Uh, we do appreciate him coming on. What do you think Absolutely. about the tonight? Is it something they need to do moving forward? Quite, quite honestly, I, I think it's something they do need to test moving forward. I'm usually, uh, at a point where I get to watch live, and even if I could, it's hard sitting through seven straight hours of content. It's it's got to be brutal as a person actually 
in the arena, oh my God, you probably have to eat multiple times just be uh the longevity of the show, the hot and Got me uh weekend. So I I definitely think it's something that they should uh definitely try again uh when they can do a live audience. I'm I'm all for it. I think that I I do think what R C said at the end was fair because I did feel Balance. like that there was a Saturday with like the you know, the B lineup and Sunday was the A. And there's probably going to get that feeling, whether it's fair or unfair, uh, each year with, you know, who's going on when. But it just it's nice not sitting through a seven-hour uh, pay-per-view. It really is. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here. We both love the Bray Cena match. Uh, let's each go through our favorite part of that just uh, thing we had never seen before, the Firefly Funhouse match. What was yours? Mine was right as he was about to bring it um, to current, and he got to revisit the actual his his last Bray Wyatt um, persona, and the way he got to there, but like as a complete segment, it was fantastic. Was uh, the best part because. Especially with when how they melded it together, I, I just loved it. I, I almost I to the rest do it. I mean, he's absolutely ready, and I, I don't understand why. And it, it really got all the emotions out of me uh, during that part. So that was my favorite part of that segment. I think my favorite part of the segment was just Cena. Uh, overall, and you know, Bray has gotten so much attention. Uh, it just needs to be said, and I, I've not been the biggest John Cena fan for a long time, but he had to sign up right. on all of that. He made fun of himself, you know what I mean, and a lot of that, mm-hmm. and really kind of looked in, you know, the mirror. And that was why that was so effective. Is it's things that you can believe Cena would worry about. He would worry about, you know, whether or not he was only popular because of his body and his looks and not because of his skill. He would worry about, did I make a big mistake for my legacy long-term by not turning heel and having, you know, potentially that Hogan-type moment? And did I not, you know, did I make a mistake by, uh, you know, just not getting the appreciation from the fans? Because he had all these feuds with guys where he was supposed to be the face, and that was what was really cool, the quick flashes of, like, CM Punk and Randy Orton. And even, you know... Roman Reigns, and it just, it was something that I'm sure it was difficult for him to kind of make fun of himself. We've seen, you know, parts of him on, like, the, uh, what is the Bellas or the Total Divas, you know, that he's a very private mm-hmm. person, and I just thought it was put out really there, and, you know, I know what R.C. was saying, that technically he didn't kind of put over Bray because, you know, it wasn't pinned in the ring, and that actually is a fair comment, but I don't know how you can say you don't get put over any more than that when basically you allow a character to assassinate your character. And I'm very interested to see where Cena goes from this. Could it be his last match? You know, I mean, what is he, what is he like when he comes back? It's like, who knows? It just, it, I, I thought that it, it was great by John it, Cena. His acting, everything was fantastic. And he hasn't really got as much credit as I think he deserved, you know, since it happened, uh, you know, two nights ago. 
agree with you there. Did I lose you? Least. No, I'm here. Sorry, Ron, I was breaking up I'm right here. there. Uh, well, this has been a uh, long and Chaos is a uh, is a ladder podcast with Ron L, the uh, IB president and cheese, RC Carton, and myself, Keith Fleming. Uh, Ron, are you still down to get together later in the week? I figured we could go over since we didn't get really to discuss Raw in detail, and obviously we'll have AEW on Wednesday. Uh, we'll also have uh, NXT, and I figured we'd maybe shoot it Saturday uh, because I'd like to also see what happens and get the weekly on recap. Friday. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like, good to me. Do you think that'll still work? Awesome. And uh, have you heard for sure, are they filming new stuff moving forward? Because I had heard they only had up through Monday Night Raw, and I haven't been able to find anywhere if they've actually filmed any new stuff, or whether it be NXT, SmackDown, I mean, Raw, whatever. From what I, I haven't heard any word, all I had known was that they were had taping up to this week. Uh what they have planned for us moving forward. Well, this has been a lot of fun. If you have not seen WrestleMania 36, I highly recommend you giving it a watch. It's it's different, uh, obviously, without the crowd, but I still think it was special, and I really do think that you can thank uh, the John Cena and Bray Wyatt match because it's going to be the memorable thing that people are talking about and thinking about years to come, and that's going to always get this pay-per-view to get attention. The matches were clean, obviously, with the ability to edit. Uh, but, uh, Ron, before we get out here, you have anything you want to plug, buddy? Yes, absolutely. You can uh, get your credit with me and make an appointment now. Tom, Ron L. Tinsley, personal and business, let's chat. All righty, and normally, you know, we leave with the DX theme, but after that performance from uh, R.C. Uh, Carl, we can't leave with anything other than the boss's uh, intro music. (laughs) You guys be good and stay safe.